welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. And thank you, Brian, for leading us in some affirmative prayer and reflecting on the truth of who we are and, and what is here unfolding in and through and as each one of us. And so I invite you to just take a breath. Let's be here now. Be here now. This thing called life has brought us here together. And this year we've been talking about this life, this thing that is in us, that is greater than us, that has made us of itself, that is inviting us to live out loud, to express. You know, one of my favorite books by Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder, This Thing Called You, he starts out there in the first couple chapters, he's, he talks about how the purpose of life is to express, to express now, that may sound, you know, if we have artistic, creative abilities, then it's like, oh, yes, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a musician. But it's even much more than that, to express the truth that is in us that's wanting to be known. Speaking the words and the ideas, letting ourselves be seen, to express fully. And so our theme this year is living out loud. And, and in order to live out loud, it, it, we need to be expressing and living our authentic self. And so that requires some exploration. The spiritual life is, is one of subtraction, not addition. And so this authentic self, this spiritual self that is seeking to be known and to be expressed and revealed doesn't mean that we need to learn more and put more on it. It's about letting go of all of the programming and conditioning that we, that's been piled on top of us to become wild once again rather than domesticated. Don Miguel Ruiz talks about the process of domestication. We've all been domesticated like lemmings just jumping off of a cliff. <laughs> Not this group, though. <laughs> Not this group. You know, this is my fifth year here at Concordia, and what I have really learned more than any other place before, it is like herding cats. There are no lemmings here. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Letting that which is within us to express and let out our authentic self. And each month so far, we have been examining our authentic self and, and what's necessary and needed to make space for it, to make it welcome, to invite it in, out, to play in a larger way, where we can come and love and appreciate the all of us. The all of us. 
Authenticity, authentic means to be real and genuine and for there to be just some parts of us expressing and living out loud, but other parts that are truly authentically part of us but keeping those in the background, then what are we really showing? We're giving a two-dimensional image. That's not authenticity. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be a jerk, you know, or, well, sometimes that's called for, too. But we've been speaking this month about embracing all of the parts of us. And this month, as we're talking about the light within the shadows, we're examining those parts that may feel very vulnerable to be let out because they have remained hidden for so long, for various reasons. To embrace those parts, even the tendency that we might have to keep them hidden, no judgment, but just to recognize that that the light and the dark coexist and you cannot have one without the other. They cradle each other. There isn't one without the other. Now the light and the dark, they both have their own traits and characteristics and they may seem to operate independently but they work in unison. They flow into one another. They are contained within one another. Even in the darkness of space, there are photons of light that are there. There is no true darkness. And even within the darkness, we can find shadows. I could be standing out in the sun, brightly shining, And there are spots that I might notice where there are shadows. Richard Rohr, Father Richard Rohr, talks about the closer that we come to the light, the more shadows we see. Some of you may experience this. You might be praying for peace, and then all of a sudden, it's like you become aware of, oh, the lack of peace that really resides within you. Or it's them. It's their fault. But the closer that we move to the light then the more sensitive we become to the contrast. Like when you begin meditating. You know, there are people when they start meditation, and I've helped many people learn how to meditate, and and they start, and and they're trying to still their thoughts, and they say, oh, I have these thoughts, these these thoughts, they just won't stop. They just, I'm trying to stop these thoughts. (laughs) Maybe you're becoming sensitive to really how your mind is operating. The thoughts are going to be there. So we're not here to push up against, but we're to embrace it all so that we can then gain a deeper awareness and the understanding of the all of us. You know, generally, we've learned to embrace light as good and avoid darkness as bad with its unknowns and, and its mystery. But today, as this talk is entitled Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, Today, we're going to talk about how these two, the dark and the light, work powerfully together. You know, each of us have parts that we are proud of. You know, traits of our character, of our personality, that we claim fully and proudly. 
Anyone? I mean, everyone in here is at least one. Please tell me. There's something you acknowledge and say, say, oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at this. And, and maybe there, maybe not a character trait, but, but if someone were to ask you what your best feature is, you know what I'm talking about. What's your best physical feature? Somebody could come up with something, and then you say, well, what don't you like so much? Where's the plastic surgeon? See, there, there is in every aspect of our life, those things that we, that in comparison, things that are light and things that are dark. But they're all part of us. And to deny one and only accept the other, then we're really not in a space to live our authentic life. It's two-dimensional, that part. It becomes a representation. These are the good parts. This is all I'm willing for you to see. And last month, we talked about vulnerability, the uncertainty that we don't know how others are going to react when they see all of us. Oh, and it's a practice. But as we practice it, it becomes it's like a muscle. It becomes stronger. And it can become a way of being. These inner shadows, these parts that we may try to become hidden, they actually will become doorways into a greater understanding of who we are. You know, it isn't until the addict, the alcoholic, the victim, or, or any of us that have experienced trauma and wound, wounds in our lives, until we take the time to face that darkness and to look at that darkness, then we will never recover the all of us. As long as we're pushing it away and refusing to look and refusing to deny. And, and what are these dark parts or shadows? I mentioned it last week, but to just give you a reminder, to make it tangible. The repressed emotions, emotions, the grief, the anger, even hatred that we may be afraid. We know that is down there, but if we let it out, it, might, it feels like it will take over negative beliefs that have been given to us about ourselves that we have adopted as true and we don't even challenge it because when we're afraid to challenge it possibly because it may be true we won't know until we look i mentioned also harmful behaviors and addictions that that are that are not only harming us and others but they're just helping us numb. They're just helping us numb out in some way to avoid looking into the dark. The dark, though, that is where our light is waiting to be witnessed and embraced. The science of mind, our teaching, and the philosophy that we embrace here, it's the basis of our common conversation. It venerates the the principle, its primary principle is oneness, a consciousness of wholeness. And it is not possible to embody and experience wholeness as long as we are denying that part. I will be whole when I get rid of that part. I will be healed and, and perfect and complete when I no longer have to deal with that. Oh, I did it again. 
Rumi said, and I love Rumi, he said, no one looks for the stars when the sun's out. A person blended into God does not disappear. He or she is just simply soaked in God's qualities. And so there are times of our bliss and our oneness and and from spiritual practices or being in community, singing and dancing, that, that we are experiencing the lightness of our being. And we may not see the shadows at those times. But the reason why I'm talking about this, why we're even talking about this this month, this topic, is that you can't have the light without the dark. And so there will be those times when it's not, we're not all blissed out. <laughs> there are times when we're sad. There are times when we feel grief. There are times when we're angry. There are times where we said, oops, I messed up again. Why do I keep doing that? Oh, I swore I would never become like my father. And I could hear him coming, speaking. I'm channeling him. Anyone else channel their parents? (laughs) And you swore you would never do that. But these are unexplored parts that are calling to us, that are inviting us to, to examine them, to discover how they relate to the all of us, our unique facet, expression. You know, think of life, this one life, this one power, this one presence, and in its unity, it is expressing itself in an infinite multiplicity and variety as if a stained glass window. And each one of us is an aspect, is a facet of that one, of, of that one. And, and as the light is shining through, each of us has our own unique flavor that brings to the whole of it. We are here by divine purpose, on purpose, warts and all. Oh, no, but I'm at fault. I'm to blame. I'm the mess up. I screwed up. See, we've been given this idea of of original sin. It's a lie. There's one life. That one life is God's life, and it is perfect, and it is whole, and it is complete. And that life is your life. It is my life. The mind that we are using, there's one mind. The mind that we are using, like the wave on the ocean, our consciousness is our utilization of that one consciousness that's expressing and the idea that that we are somehow less perfect less whole, less complete than how we were made to be. (laughs) How arrogant. It's arrogance to tell the divine that somehow you made a mistake. Oh, you made me in such a way so fragile that I broke, I broke what you created. Mm. This is why it's important to explore this, is to examine these, these hidden thoughts that keep us trapped in a sense of powerlessness when we, in fact, there is only one power, and that power is showing up in us, through us, and as us. 
And so examining these, these stories, these lies, we can awaken to the power and embrace the shadow for the gifts that they bring to us. Because until we do, then we're running away from them. They drive us then. That's how they drive us. I don't want to look. I don't want to see. I'm avoiding. I'm numbing out so that I don't have to. It then has power over us. Greater is that which is within us than that within any condition or circumstance. Greater than that which is in the world of conditions and form. So today as we are talking about this, it is so that we may learn to love and embrace ourselves, those parts that we are proud of and those maybe not so much. You know, think of the moments when you've looked into the night sky. In the night sky, what do you see twinkling back at you? The stars. The stars. Now, those stars are twinkling even when the light even in the daylight, where do those star, Where are those stars? Do they, are they gone? I mean, there might be a different position in the sky. I mean, I, I'm looking at our resident astrologer. You know, they may, be, they may be in a different location at that particular time, but they are still there. And so in those times of, of joy and celebration and exuberance, then yes, and then we may not see our own light so much, but in those times when it is dark, we are given opportunities to see, appreciate our brilliance even more. Do you know, I, I grew up on the back deck of a shrimp boat. I just love that line. My father was a shrimper, and I remember times us, him taking us out, on, out in the middle of the gulf, and at nighttime, without any, without any lights anywhere, I mean, where there's no land in sight, we're hundreds of miles off the coast, and it, it, the sky is lit up like a planetarium from horizon to right. You can almost see the curve of the sky. That's what it feels like. You're in a planetarium. The sea, the, the Milky Way, the, the, the arm of it, it is amazing. And we can have that same experience about ourselves when we allow ourselves to, to settle in. And what are those dark parts of us that we've been avoiding? We've been afraid. But can we just pause long enough to peek, to look, to sit with? and eventually enjoy what's being revealed to us. You know, this week I did something that was pretty brave. You know, last month we talked about vulnerability, being vulnerable. And um, this week I did something that I'm, I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn a little. And it's some, I did something that I have been afraid of. I made a presentation to colleagues of mine. There in, in our movements, there are people who've been doing it way much longer than I have and who are just magnificent. 
I mean, that I am in awe and inspired by. They open their mouth and just gems are just falling out. Barbara, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just, you know, there, there's some that are just, they've been in this teaching and they're just, you know, and I go, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. That's, that's what it brings up for me. And, and those of you who don't know, I'm a software developer turned minister. I have a background in, in software, um, training and implementation and QA and I mean process improvement, systems analysis, business. I mean, I love technology. I'm an early adopter. Early adopter. <laughs> Even if I have to make excuses for it not working, I'm going to find a way to make it work. And there is this whole thing, for those of you who don't know, I mean, there, we are now in the age of AI, according to Bill Gates. Bill Gates, in March, he wrote a seven-page letter from the Gates Notes. He said that, that, that through artificial intelligence and what is present now and what has been the, I don't want to say Pandora's box, because, well, it can be, because there are risks with every new technology, there are risks as there are benefits. And, and, but so I, I offered to my colleagues, I'm passionate about artificial intelligence, and it has become something that has really become part of my life. And, and I see the benefits and the gains, and it's been so helpful to me, as well as the risk of it. And so I wanted to inform my colleagues and begin a conversation of us talking about it, to be part of a conversation, to lead a conversation rather than catching up. All right, how many of us might spend less time with social media if we knew some of the dangers about it now? If we knew then what we know now, we may have spent less time engaging with it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a few Netflix videos you can see. They'll tell what the social dilemma, I think, is one of them. But yeah, there's, there's effects to social media. Well, AI is, going, is times 10. We don't know where we're going to land. It is a world event. Maybe not as big as fire, but it's bigger than the microprocessor. It's bigger than our cell phones. It's bigger than the internet. So, I, so I'm proud of myself. I, I, I had over 90 of my colleagues register to be a part of this workshop. And I was like, look at me. That, you know, I'm actually putting into practice that vulnerability, you know, putting myself out there. And it was I had our practitioners praying for me. And of course, it was a success, a wonderful demonstration. But I'm being invited into other conversations within our organization to, and, and to take it further. But I wanted to share with you, I asked ChatGPT, I said, you know, I'm talking about shadows, and I'm using my talk titles called Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. What does this nursery poem, what does this nursery poem have to do with shadow work? And I wanted to share with you the poem that it gave me in return. So this, just, this is compliments of ChatGPT from Artificial Intelligence, and it gave it to me just like this. But Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, show me parts that seem so far. Hidden in the depths of night, reveal the shadows, bring them to light. Up above my conscious mind lies a realm that's hard to find. Like the star, both near and far, shadows' presence shapes who we are. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, guide me on this journey far. 
exploring shadows we can grow to find the light within we'll know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, this is, ama- this is amazing. As we applaud artificial intelligence. <laughs> it's a machine. It's, it's, all, it's all a machine. It's predicting words, and, and, and it is amazing. But I wanted this poem. It was just like, yes, yes, our shadows help shape who we are. And by ignoring them, not embracing them, we're denying parts of ourselves. We are keeping ourselves from finding the light that we are. Now, Martin Luther King Jr., he said it a little more succinctly. He said, only when it's dark, only when it is dark enough can you see the stars. That's a little more succinct. In our lives, when it gets dark, that's when we, if our eyes are open, can we see the light that we are. We can see possibility. So it's through spiritual practices, working with practitioners, trusted friends, therapists if needed, that getting help in community, taking time to go within, because these shadow parts are scary. They, they, are, they, are, <laughs> they become shadows because this, it keeps us safe from feeling those unwanted feelings. They drive us because we're avoiding them, because there's feelings there that are not wanting to be explored of pain, grief, sorrow, whatever it may be. Whatever has been neglected and denied. But by making ourselves aware to pause and notice and step into what is wanting to be explored, then we can embrace the all of us and let it live out loud. I'm going to give you three viewpoints and way to look at. The first one we've already talked about, the play of shadows between light and dark. This is about our own twinkle, the little star that, that we are. How do we see this? It's through this dance of, of contrast. Just as the sky, star in the sky is present, though not always visible, our shadows are our companions. <laughs> And when we become aware of those, then not to be overwhelmed by them, but where is the light in them? It is here imparting a lesson to us. So we can learn to practice, to embrace these shadows. Another way we can think of these parts that we have been denying and ignoring is to consider the colors of the rainbow. Think of a rainbow. Within that rainbow, there is every hue is represented within the rainbow. I don't know, how many of you in science class, what you learned was Roy Jibiv? Or something similar to that. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. The colors of the rainbow. What did you learn? How did they teach you? How did they memorize? Same way? There was a song that went with it, a song. I'd love to tell me, sing to me the song afterwards. I'd love to hear. But it's always just Roy Gibiv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. But, but even within those, there are spectrums. There is a spectrum of the rainbow. And do you know what? If any, any element of that was missing, it would not be complete. For us to be fully expressed, living out loud, 
Those parts that may be gray, that may be dark, they are part of the spectrum of who we are. Just as the rainbow is incomplete without any of its colors, our sense of self cannot be wholly realized until we accept and celebrate all the parts of us, even the parts that we wish weren't there. Summer's rapidly approaching, almost here. Warm up just a little bit more, please. Just a little bit more. It's coming. It's coming. But here during the summer, there'll be a number of occasions for us to enjoy fireworks and light shows. And we can think of this in relation to our own twinkle, twinkle little star of those moments and times of joy and celebration, acknowledging all of the things that we have done in our life against the backdrop Look how far we have become. Each one in here could come up here and tell a story of the darkness that you traveled through and the realization that it brought you to, to where you are in your life right now. Isn't that true? We know that. We have all survived. We've made it thus far. And we may be in a place in our life right now where it can feel like it is still dark and it is too dark and I don't know the way forward. But when we look back, we can see the the golden thread that has connected on us, our light that has moved us forward and has brought us forward to where we are right now, where we're at. This is what it looks like while it's working out. So embrace the dark. As we look and remember even the fireworks, the fireworks and the celebrations, the gifts that we have, it can feel hard and difficult. We can beat ourselves up and judge ourselves because we're always on this progressive moving forward. We forget how far we've come. We forget how far we've come and we keep raising the bar and because we're not quite there yet, then we might judge ourselves and say, oh, I'm not good enough. I haven't done enough. But when we compare ourselves to years below, when we were fully, full out alcohol, when we were acting out in those behaviors, we're not who we were then. But who we were then has given us the power and ability and the gifts to be able to be in this moment to step forward. Do you agree? This is the truth. We need need the shadows. We need them because they help us recognize to an even greater degree our magnificence. There's a Greek parable I'm going to close with here. It tells of an astronomer who was so engrossed and and gazing into the stars, always looking up at the stars, always looking up at the stars, always looking for the light. And one one night while looking at the stars, the, the astronomer fell into a well. And a passerby looked and saw the astronomer standing down there and says, you strive to comprehend the stars, yet you overlook what lies at your feet. In our effort to be better, 
in our efforts. I got to learn more. I got to read a new book. I need to take a new class. I need to overcome who I think I am. We are ignoring what is right here in front of us. The gifts are that, that are here that are calling to us to tend to us and say, oh, here is, you have everything you need in this moment right now to take you to the next step. But you need to notice and be here now to pay attention to where you're standing. Today, let us remind ourselves of the radiance of the twinkling star, the spark of our inner light, and how all of this derives its brilliance from the contrast of the darkness. We've been taught to be afraid of the dark. We've been taught to deny, to deny those parts of ourselves. And I know it's not easy. It's a lifetime. It's a cultural, it is ingrained into us. Shame and blame and guilt and regret and I shouldn't have a woulda, coulda, shoulda. If we could look back at ourselves as if we were just little children, looking at ourselves as if you were a five-year-old who was facing some adult situation And here is our adult self coming to this little child and just saying, I can help you. You don't know all of the things that are necessary, but but we might judge ourselves for choices and decisions that we didn't even have all of the resources. We are always doing the best that we can with what we got. And if there's some resistance in you to that, I don't know, and you may say, well, that's not always true, because if that was true, then I wouldn't have done this. Let me tell you what, from your own experience, if you know better, you do better, don't you? Oh, I'm not going this way again. So here this week, practice shadow play. Notice, pay attention to the thoughts and feelings and behaviors that you may overlook. These are the shadows. Admire your rainbow, the rainbow that you are. Take time to honor and celebrate yourself and the gifts that you bring and your uniqueness. Value them because it's the whole spectrum of you that makes you unique, not just the good parts. And to cherish your fireworks, the joy, the triumph, the realization Let them shine against the canvas of your inner darkness so that you can enjoy the light show. The light show that we are all witnessing when we see you. Living lives out loud is not about just exploring the twinkling stars, but also the space between the stars. The whole night sky. And so my prayer for all of us is that we release any old burdens of shame and fear and blame, that we question it, we challenge it, we just even set it aside and say, here I am now. There's only one life, that life is God's life. That life is my life now. And I am open to seeing all of it with eyes open wide with ears open wide, with a heart open wide, to love and accept all of me, even those parts that I have judged 
and have deemed unworthy. It is part of this one. It is part of me. It is blessed. I am blessed and a blessing. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.